Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Brooklet Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games for beautifully crafted content that provokes creative problem-solving and dramatic scenarios. Brooklyngames.com, find zines and more, patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian. Join with returning guest Levi Combs of Planet X, author of Dungeon Malarkey. Welcome. <laughs> hey, man, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm curious about Dungeon Malarkey. You know, <laughs> perhaps we should. We've got some new listeners out there. Perhaps they'd be interested in hearing who you are because you put out quite a few zines at this point, right? <laughs> Yeah, I got inspired three or four years ago to get back into zine culture after being out of it for a long time. And I just it's it's just like the I think I've said this to you before, like it's just the perfect way to get across an idea or a, you want to get across a concept. It's just the perfect. Yeah. That, so I'm really into it. I think it works great for game books and role playing, especially because, like you said, yeah. you're just trying to get these concepts across. You don't need a whole novel most of the time. <laughs> No, no, not at all. A lot of times, the fewer words, the better. <laughs> yeah. So, dungeon malarkey. What sort of words are we expected to find in there? <laughs> okay, so a couple of years ago, I was on the uh, Plus One podcast with Tony Vicenda and Alex Murray, and we were just kind of like we were playing. Uh, down we go. We were playing one of one of my scenarios, I think, from like uh, Magic and Shit, or uh, maybe one of my modules. Or I don't. I forget what we were doing, but we were playing and. Um, I'm, I was describing something in the in in a room, and Alex Murray said, uh, "Oh, that's just like a random piece of dungeon malarkey." And I thought, "Oh my god!" Like immediately, I was like, <laughs> All right. "I was like, that's a genius name for a zine." I said, "Would you mind if I use that that term in a zine?" He was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't care, I don't care." So shout out to to uh, Alex Murray because uh, there would be no dungeon malarkey <laughs> or even the, the the thought of it without without him just laying that on me in the middle of a game. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. that's a good place for the name to come from. So, so what is the dungeon malarkey? What's in there? Just a sidebar real quick. I always start with a name first. Uh -huh. I always start with like a, a name and then I build a concept around it. It's very different from a lot of, I think how a lot of other designers do it, but um, I get inspired by the, by the names uh, that I come up with or the, like the type. Like the big eyed chungus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. With Dungeon Malarkey, I thought, well, look, you know, there's going to be a lot of zine quest entries that are going to focus on like classes and like powers and stuff for your character. And there'll be people doing their settings. And, and that's all great. That's very, very great. But I'm not working like my Planet X games doesn't work from like uh, a, a certain rule set. Like I do DCC. Mm -hmm. I'll do any, any kind of OSR first edition kind of stuff. I'll do 5e stuff. Like I'm kind of all over the place um, with the stuff that I support, but I support the stuff that I really like. You know, yeah. like I really, I love DCC, NMCC. I love, I love D and D. So, um, those are the products you get from me. Now, Dungeon Malarkey. So it's a kind of a weird fantasy take <laughs> on an old counterculture classic. Like if you look at the cover, it looks like the Anarchist Cookbook. I was going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, like, and and I don't, I don't know if you've ever, if you ever read that when you were when you were a teenager or a, a young I, man. I've, I've, I've browsed through it a few times. <laughs> we'll say that. About uh, about ten years ago, I found a copy in Alaska at a bookstore. I was just mm -hmm. literally like, like just like r rifling through some just odd books, and I was like, "The Anarchist Cookbook." Like, 
well, I've, this is so weird. I haven't seen this since I was a teenager, you know, going in the head shops to try to buy comics and try to find cool books about ninjas or, you know, whatever <laughs> it was. So I, I pulled my old copy out that I bought that day and I was looking through it. And I was like, you know, this is kind of like ripe for like a, a, a book about weird hazards and strange monsters and kind of like odd spell components and kind of offbeat like dungeon uh firmera, you know just kind of like a like a a book that you, you could do it not, maybe not a full book but like a zine a nice 48 page zine about all this kind of like um strange things that you might find in a dungeon but i i, I didn't want to like go, go back and do like a bunch of traps or like a bunch of like simple mom i didn't want to do anything about goblins or kobolds or anything like that and i was like well let's kind of concentrate on like spell components and weird plants and like vermin and oozes and and then kind of pepper that with the, like all the lore that I usually put in my in, in my my books and zines because uh, I have this whole like interconnective lore like there's not a there's not a campaign setting there but like if you go back and read the stuff you'll be like oh well he mentioned this and magic and shit and then he he came back to it in Big Eye Chungus and then in issue three of the phylactery there's like a whole write up about about this one thing you know, like it kind of, so it all kind of interconnects so you in, so in Dungeon Malarkey you get a lot of that you get a lot of uh, just weird and strange things. Like, I, I mean, if you want, I can go into a few of them or I, I would love to hear about a few of them, uh, but I'd also like to bring something else up. So I don't know which we should do first. <laughs> I'll follow your lead, man. Go for it. Well, I, I finally got the phylactery omnibus in the mail and I was super thrilled to get that. So now oh. I've got the full collection of all four phylacteries and the omnibus this is a nice hard back. Could you tell the folks about the hard, is that available for me to pick up anywhere? The phylactery omnibus or is that. So, so with phylactery omnibus, um, that was an exclusive. Mm-hmm. So I put, I put out the four zines and then uh, you had to kind of get in on the Kickstarter to get that exclusive hardback. And that, that hardback came with about 50 pages of extra material. That is not in, in, in any, any of the phylactery issues, <clears throat> and um, you had to buy the omnibus. I, now I have maybe twenty five or thirty copies left over that I, I'll, I'll, I'll hand sell at cons, or if somebody really wants one, they can get a hold of me, uh, preferably pretty quickly before they disappear. <laughs> but that's an exclusive. That was really for people who, hey, I, I already bought this, you know, the first through the third issues. Now you're doing a phylactery omnibus in the fourth. Like, do I really need this book? So I wanted to make it like an option. Like, you didn't have to have it. You could also just buy uh, Flack before and round out your collection. But if you wanted all the extra material, or if you just wanted it in a nice, you know, like refreshed uh, format with, you know, with a, a expanded table of contents, and then all like kind of like the uh, the sketchbooks and the, the the interviews and the cover galleries and all that extra that extra behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Then you get it. But um, again. It's kind of an exclusive just to that Kickstarter. I, I, I'm not trying to, to ring, <laughs> you know, like I, I just there, there's a certain uh, brand of, uh, of uh, people in our hobby who are collectors and who mm-hmm. like having physical media and having that kind of stuff. And then there are people who just want the PDF and you can always get a PDF of, of Flackery Omnibus, but the hard the hard copies. That was an exclusive. The the interesting thing is that came in around about about a week within the my my scientific barbarian omnibus. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Jim Jim uh, Wampler did. I mean, he 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 really is like the granddaddy of that of the big fat, like having that big fat collected edition. That scientific barbarian annual is like six hundred pages or some crazy amount. Like it's a really sweet book, and uh, I've I've got like I think three articles in that thing because Jim and I are friends and we're fellow members in the IPU um, and just uh, 
you know, kind of in the kind of in this hobby together. You know, like, he's yeah. a really really good dude, a great creator, and uh, he, he allowed me to wet my beak a little bit on those scientific barbarian issues. So I was yeah. really happy about that. That's good stuff. Now, what sort of weirdness? We'll go back to the dungeon malarkey because we're all over the place. We all go <laughs> jumping back. We're and forth. always all over the place. <laughs> I love it. So what sort of things should we expect in Dungeon Malarkey? There's a, I mean, every page is something new. Like there's a lot of content. If you've ever gotten any of my zines, you know that I'm not like, I, I'm not using like 14 page font and full page illustrations. Like I pack mm-hmm. a lot of stuff into, um, into those zines. Cause I want them to be useful and I want them to have, you know, to have um, value, you know? Yes. So um, in Dungeon Malarkey, again, I was really concentrating on like kind of offbeat monsters and strange plants and weird spell components and kind of like interesting hazards and even like some um, kind of naturalist, naturalistic magical items and things like that. So there's a couple that that um, I'm just going to mention. Um, and again, there's a lot. So this is just a yeah. small sampling. Um, but there's a creature called Smite Mites. Smite mites. Smite mites. So what they'll do is they'll uh, they're just like a dungeon menace. So like just they'll they'll infest like a mummy, or they'll infest uh, like a ghoul, or maybe even like um, some sort like a mimic or something. Any any kind of creature. And they add. So when they're when you're you're infested, they they weaken the creature a bit, but they they're kind of parasitic. So they but they also allow allow the uh, the, the creature to deal more damage. Or, or, and sometimes some varieties, a surprising sort of like variety of damage, you know, like, um, you could have an infestation of like evil smite mites and those will like allow you to do more damage against good creatures, you know? So, so you might run up against like, oh, I don't know, something like a giant rat and you're thinking, (laughs) oh, this is a giant rat. Oh, it's got what? 1d4 hit points. It does 1d4 damage. Cool. I'll attack it. But it's infested with smite mites. All of a sudden you just took eight points of damage. You're like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) <laughs> like what happened, you know? So um, it could be like one of those little curveballs that you can throw in to surprise players, um, beef up an encounter, things like that. And there are quite a few things that, that kind of follow that function where they're a little bit parasitic <laughs> in one way or the other. And sometimes for players as well, but then we'll have a surprising effect. Um, like there's a, there's a cool thing called um, that I really like called boom clams, boom clams, boom clams. There's a whole like, you know, scientific name for whatever, but <laughs> For adventurers would know them as, as boom clams and um it got my time I, I got the idea for it for my time living in alaska when uh, there'd be razor clams underneath the the silt and you know you, you would actually go digging for these razor clams to, to to get them but sometimes you could you could step on them and if you didn't have you know like if you didn't have good footwear they, they could they could cut your oh cut your, it's dangerous you know oh but yeah it's terrible <laughs> yeah and then, you know there's all sorts of like critters that dig for them and whatnot but i was like well what if like boom clams like reacted to magic instead of stepping on them so like if you, the boom clams are like seated all over an area in, you know say in the dungeon or whatever down maybe down by a waterway or something but if you cast a spell or you have like an ambient magical effect that's in place and you walk into this area the boom clams can either explode or have un, un, unusual uh, effects as you come into proximity with them you know so it's another one of those things where like uh, like a, a canny dungeon resident like maybe a kobold or a goblin they know those are there so they'll lead you into that area or they might even harvest them very very carefully and uh you know use them in slings and so they're slinging these clams at you like what the hell like why are they slinging clams at us and then all of a sudden they explode (laughs) have some sort of crazy wild magical effect but but there's all kinds of stuff there's i there's a uh the eldritch tapeworm which is another one of those really (laughs) neat 
magical parasites. There's the vapors of Yeth. And that's got like a little, if, if you ever heard of the Yeth Hound. Or, the Yeth uh, Hound, what's the, just, Yeth what's Hound the was Yeth Hound? From Monster Manual 2, or maybe Fiend Folio, but I think it was Monster Manual 2. But they're like a, uh, just like, like an evil hound, basically. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the hounds of Tindalos, basically, from okay, the old. Okay, yeah. Uh, they're those. They're just like these evil, like cat-faced dog things. But there's a little bit like if you go back and, and like look at that lore, the the word yes. There's all this cool stuff that's like uh, seeded and peppered into the back lore of D and D. So there's the vapors of yes, man. Just <laughs> so much stuff. There's uh, odiug polyps, which are these like big, fat, groaning like slime polyps. Um, there's chimeral eggs which can give birth to random monsters through, through magical effects. There's a lot of stuff like that. Then there's, there's, there's things that are kind of outside the dungeon too. Like there's like these weeds that, um, that, that hags chew. Yeah. Like, these, like the, the hags out, out in like the hinterlands and wilderlands of, of your campaigns, these, these weeds that hags will chew that can boost or negate certain magical effects and just a bunch of stuff like that. Like, and, you know, you'll have like hazards, like, stra- uh, like weird things that, that, that can happen to your character, but all of it, there's always a line and every one of these little weird creatures or ingredients or plants, they all have like um, a, a, an alchemical use. Like you can use them for, to, to boost your, uh, to boost your spells. You can use them um, to fat, you know, to help you fashion magic items. And there's a bit of lore that, that is written into that, that can um, just make your, your wizard or alchemist character or sorcerer character, just a little bit more interesting rather than, I go to the, you know, rather than say I, I go to the market and buy a wand of paralyzation. Yeah. Well, here's how to make one. And these are the creatures you need to track down in order to, you know. I like that. That's good. Yeah. And, and then you can use them like, oh, oh so, so, suppose I have smite mites. Well, then I can use that with, uh, if I have a, if, if I have a, a sampling of smite mites, I can use those in lieu of the spell component for the spell. And it adds a, an extra a beneficial effect. You That's know. cool. I, yeah. I've got a question about it though. Sure. You you've got some pretty cool artists you worked with in the past on some of these things. What can we expect on the interior art for this one? So I went went back to the well. Uh, two of the guys that I work with the most. Um, there's only two artists on this. One of them is uh, Adrian Landeros. Mm-hmm. He's been with me since my very first project and has worked in almost all of them. He did a ton of interior illustrations for this. You go to the Kickstarter now and look like. It's pretty impressive art. Like the, he's one of those guys that, like, when he was seventeen, he was turning in like like module ready stuff. <laughs> but now that he's like, I, I don't know, whatever, twenty three or twenty four, he is like, we're gonna lose him soon. We're gonna lose him to video games or you know, oh, some, no. you know so um, and good for him. You know, get get, get paid. But he's just uh, he's just a marvel. He's just awesome to, to to work with. And then the other artist is Jay Shields, um, James Shields. He shortens this to Jay, but uh, he does a lot of stock art and he'll, he'll make art for people. And there's quite a bit of, uh, of art in there. One of the my favorite pieces in dungeon malarkey is a thing called Modron rage. Modron. Can you say that Modron rage? Modron rage. So Modrons are like these, these, um, these geometric creatures. Like they're like, Mm -hmm. uh, they look like pyramids or squares or circles or, you know, oblong, you know, they have these little arms and, and, and legs and kind of like goofy eyes and whatnot. <laughs> and um, they're these creatures of like absolute law and order, you know, like they're 100% like on time, like clockwork, orderly creatures that are have one main pursuit. And I was like, well, what if like a, like 
some sort of demonic force or a demon or a, a, a devil or something captured one of these things and basically just tormented it until it broke. Like what would happen? And the result of that is the substance. It's like one of the rarest substances in the cosmos, Modron Rage. And you can use Modron Rage for like a variety of like pretty powerful effects. But it, but in order to do that, you know, we're, we're looking at hundreds and yeah, centuries of, of <laughs> these poor creatures. So you can make a, a whole scenario an adventure after you know rescuing one of these creatures or you know gaining this this uh, rare substance or you know there's all kinds of stuff that, that that you could do with that so it's just another one of those one of so many little <laughs> things that, that that are in the scene that's excellent that's excellent we're coming close to the time could you tell the listeners where they can pick well number one where they can back the zane and where they can find you online and pick up some other of your stuff yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's it's on Kickstarter, just Dungeon Malarkey, or you can look up Levi Combs or, or Planet X Games, uh, all three of those, or, or just go to the Zine Quest hashtag, and that'll <laughs> that'll uh, help you help you find it. Um, but it's on Kickstarter. It's it's funded. It's going good. And the you know the more funding we get, the more art that I'll throw in there. It's already pretty art heavy, but I like I like really putting stuff <laughs> in there. Um, if you want to just find me, I'm on all pretty much all the major social media. I'm on Twitter at uh, Planet X Games Co. Co. I'm on Facebook at Planet X Games, and I'm on Instagram at It Came From Beyond Planet X. Excellent. And you can get all my stuff at Exalted Funeral. They carry everything. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming back, Austin. Great getting a chance to ta- talk again. Yeah, of course. I, I love this show. <laughs> thank you. Appreciate that. I really, truly do. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You'll find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Logar Hail Crom. We're on Patreon. We can use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.